Hi investors, this is Michael with Investorly. Last week, the Investorly team attended Money 2020, the premier financial technology conference held in Las Vegas, Nevada. We interviewed many keynote speakers and exhibitors throughout the four-day event. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter at investorly.substack.com, and we hope you enjoyed these insightful conversations. All right, welcome to Money 2020. It's Michael again with Investorly, and we're here with actually the president of the Money 2020 conference, Tracy Davies. Welcome. Hi, it's good to be here. So Tracy, this conference, it's growing year after year. Uh, We just started here, kicked it off in Las Vegas. You came over uh, just wrapping up Money 2020 in Europe. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just quickly talk about how the Europe experience was? Well, look, it was the... Europe show was the first one for two years, four months, Vegas this week, first time in two years. So yeah, it's been a a, a gap. Um, We've used the gap well, I'm sure we'll talk about that, to rethink and reimagine the shows. But it was just fantastic to bring the fintech ecosystem back together in real life because... Look, digital is great, and we've all we can do lots digitally. You cannot replace the in real life. The you don't know who you don't know. Bumping into people in the halls. I mean, you know, it's Monday morning in Las Vegas. It is busy, busy out there, and people are bumping into old friends. They're bumping into new friends, uh, and you know, they're also setting intention to meet people. That that's what shows are about. So, but on a serious point, Europe was very. Uh, it was very successful, but it also helped us really navigate how to bring a show back. And we learned a lot about how to do that, how to do that safely, um, how to help people get back into uh, live events again. And so, you know, it was a great, um, you know, precursor to then coming here in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's great. So obviously digital is great, but nothing matches that in-person feeling. And I've noticed that walking the halls, they are packed. People are excited to not just be at the fintech conference talking what they love, but being back in person. You could see it uh, in the faces and in the engagement. You said that you had two years to sort of rethink or evolve the conference. What sort of went through in those two years? And talk about some of that evolution and and, and the changes that maybe you and the team have made. Yeah, I mean, we did, so we called it our COVID pause. And... um, the thing when you do big live events like this it takes a whole 12 months to plan them so the pause gave us i.e. not running the 2020 show the year of 2020 um, it gave us time to stand back and really look at the show and what we wanted to do was bring back a new look show um, which we've done so we've re-edited the whole show floor so it's all set on a circular grid it's much easier to find your way around um, which sounds a small thing but it really matters when you're running a show this size to help the flow um, we rethought all of our content um, there's loads of new stages everything is out on the show floor all mixed in so you can eat you can do a deal you can go and listen to a speaker all in one big space so we just thought about how customers use the space how can we make it a better experience we've added a lot of excitement into it and there's some really cool stuff you know like there's the collision labs so smaller format interactive sessions Um, there is a hidden stage 
um, which you have to be invited into. Say no more about that. Um, but there's some cool surprises like that, as well as obviously, you know, the usual things that we're known for, like you know, the massive um, ignite stage, our main stage, where we saw you know Magic Johnson walk up yesterday, which I think was exciting for everyone. So, lots of great stuff. The thing I would say is we've added quite a lot of tech elements actually. So, the app, you know, we've always had a show app for a long time. But what we saw in Europe is people have come back with um, with such an intensity to do business. And so, you know, we're just seeing the meeting levels that people are booking via our app are just off the scale. We already have more book today than we did for the whole show in 2019. So everything's back in a, a big way. Yeah, so you touched on a few things there. The app. The app is super helpful as someone at the conference attending. I noticed that. I want to talk about that, but quickly I want to push back on what you said. Uh, excitement. The excitement of Bound here. And then you talked about Magic Johnson being on the stage yesterday yeah. in an opening session with Chief, Chief Strategy and Growth Officer Scarlett Sieber. Yeah. But what was that experience when you and Scarlett and Scarlett walk out, look out at the crowd to sort of open up as a keynote to Money 2020. Talk about that feeling. There's always tension, tension in your stomach when you're going to walk out to thousands. It's a good tension, right? It's a good tension. But, you know, one of the things I thought about, look, there were many long days between uh, the last show we ran and uh, the one here. And what I always said to myself is uh, when I get to walk back out on that stage and open that show, I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. it. So Scarlett and I really went out there. And normally I'd go out on my own, but, you know, I've appointed Scarlett to help shape our product for the future. And it was great to go out, you know, um, with her and... uh, we had a ball and then you know Monique who runs the show came out so um, yeah I mean it's always uh, you always have a few butterflies when you walk out in front of them people but it was a good crowd they were they were and they're pumped for it as well so yeah it was it was fun yeah I I was part of that crowd and I could tell everyone around me was excited I was excited I had butterflies just watching you up there open it up you talked about the app it's sort of new to the conference, evolved. I mean, it's evolved. Yeah. So, I mean, we've all we've had a show app for a number of years, but we introduced uh, 2018, and then we've evolved it each year. The, the ability to set meetings. I mean, I have a connections lounge on that show floor with I don't know 340 tables, and it is rammed. Um, so you know, we use the technology so you can find everyone who's here or it will suggest people it will learn and you know using a machine learning it will recommend people to you um i think the other thing in in the app it's it's a beta product so um just flagging that but um uh, you can also put in your preferences and it will create your personalized content agenda for the show because look, i know there's a lot of content here people are like what do i go and see so we put that in new this year and the other thing on the show floor are the heat maps so we've built these density maps that show where the um, the the, uh, the hot zones are, where the action is. Yeah, where the action is, but also what's a bit quieter, so you can go and get chill out time because you know the show is a lot going on. So that's quite cool uh, that technology as well, and we brought that in this year and developed that especially for um, Europe and then for Vegas. So. Yeah. You're not kidding. There is a lot going on. Almost uh, difficult for one person to do it all, really. It's so exciting. There's so yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, yes, there probably is uh, <laughs> too much. But, you know, as, you know, lots of companies send groups and, you know, they divide and conquer. And then, you know, we'll uh, provide links to some of the content afterwards. So you can watch it back if you want. So, um, I but, mean, yeah, it's, it's busy. It, it's, it's a good problem to have so much activity and so many things that you would want to do going on. I think the thing is, you know, I talked about, you know, this is reuniting the fintech 
tech ecosystem. The, you know, what's happened since, you know, this is our 10th, 10th anniversary the ecosystem has changed ads you know and you know there are new elements to it and we'll probably talk about crypto and DeFi, etc and um you know so the show needs to accommodate lot and uh, you know cater for lots of different people from lots of different sectors i mean we have vcs we have banks we have tech you know payment companies fintech you know we just have everyone here and so you know the show needs to accommodate for lots of different people with lots of different interests so um you know that's the it comes with the territory yeah that's that's a that's a question i was going to actually go to it's a perfect time to transition there is really everyone here whether it's you know big bank ceo or big vc to startup entrepreneur Mm -hmm. uh in 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 as an exhibitor as an attendee uh speakers there's really something for anybody in in the fintech space and what would you say sort of to the growth that you've seen in the cryptocurrency area with the blockchain technology? Just to give you an idea, I walked around quickly before this and saw there was an NFT giveaway if you visited a uh, specific uh, booth and, and signed up, and that's completely new. So, do you, I mean, you obviously, you know, 10 years in, have you seen a massive growth more recently yeah. in sort of the blockchain companies and technology? Well, I think blockchain, I mean, I think we first talked about blockchain on the stages here. I mean, must have been 2015, 2016, if not before. So, you know, we were very early to feature blockchain as, you know, a technology. But I think, you know, what we've certainly seen since the last show in 2019 to here today, 2021, is is more crypto um, and the whole DeFi conversation. That, that, you know, was more niche, let's just say, in 2019, I think you've seen a big shift in that as we've seen companies, you know, the big companies take positions on it, JP Morgan, PayPal, etc. And they've all taken positions and been very clear about, you know, the, their strategies. So I think it, it's gone mainstream and, um, you know, and therefore that has followed through into the delegates here, the sponsors here, etc., etc. Because, you know, that's our job. And it was always the guiding principle of the foundations of Money 2020 that everyone is here who needs to be here because of where the industry is going. I mean, we've seen the same with tech you know um over the past few years i mean certainly around fraud you know you know risk you know they are areas that have grown and grown and grown so i think the ecosystem has changed but yeah you make a good point on crypto with everyone that needs to be here is here how about the people that either couldn't be here or debating coming and decided not to what do you say to those people to get them to come to the next one and not miss it well, I mean, look, we're 8,000 plus this week, 2,300 companies. Um, so, you know, lots of our customers came back. We we thank every single person. But look, we understood that this year, you know, there will be people who aren't ready to come back yet. I understand that. Um, and, you know, we want to... Uh, you know, maintain a dialogue. You know, what we did is we developed things like Manifest, which was our digital event, um, uh, digital you know uh, content sessions, and we're doing more Manifest content after the show. Uh, Money Pot, our podcast, that's pretty much every week. Um, you know, people can we we are present all year round, and you'll see a lot more of that from us. So people can engage with Money 2020 all year round. So I hope that our loyal customers that didn't want to come back and we understand that and we support that um, but we will want to welcome them back when they're ready to come back 
um, and we're very clear on that and we always make sure that we do that um, and so you know we'll be in, in dialogue to bring them back for 2022 so we'll be waiting for them when they're ready to come back to us that's that's a wonderful way to put it I will say as someone attending and being here you you know anyone that's listening and hearing this this has been a fantastically uh, well done job of keeping it safe keeping everyone feeling comfortable uh, the the preparation beforehand made it very comfortable to feel like you could attend no matter who you are uh, or where you are coming from and so that's a nice thing to know yeah I mean look we take that part very seriously um, you know we had uh, we have our COVID um, you know strategy with the proof of vaccination or negative test we have our own testing centre here on site for people who need to test when they get here it's you know pretty quick um, and you know that has worked well you know that was one of the benefits of Europe is that we had to I mean we were running 24 hour COVID checks there so um, we've got a good protocol um, and you know we've got a lot of people here who feel very comfortable that you know we have done everything we can to make customers feel safe whilst they do business which is ultimately what we're about right and so you got the butterflies out on the stage to open up money 2020 here in Las Vegas what are you specifically or most excited about for the remainder the pretty much next three days of the conference that is always the hardest question to answer um, <laughs> I mean, it was great to see the show floor open this morning, um, you know, to see our partners who've worked with us. Um, and it's, you know, it's always the small stuff. Of course, look, you know, I'm looking forward to um, Alexis Sahani from Reddit, you know, Damon John is speaking this morning. I enjoyed Magic, you know. I'm really looking forward to hearing, um, we've got the Chief Sustainability Officer of BBVA, former CEO of BBVA America, talking about his new role. I think that's an interesting area that, you know, we know that's a, I mean, of course, it's an absolutely critical topic around uh, sustainability. So, you know, there are, there are speakers here and there I'm excited about. But more than anything, I'm just excited about the whole watching the show, watching people connect, the meeting levels. We've got, you know, a great party tonight, you know, and more people networking. I'm very proud, again, to bring Rise Up back, our female empowerment program, another 30 women going through that this year. Um, you know, we have our whole Do Better Together program. You know, the, the diversity of our stages matters to us. We have changed our stage. So... I'm just going to have to say I'm excited about the whole thing, <laughs> that's which a, I know is a rubbish answer, easy but it's one the only answer you're going to get. That's okay. Uh, we know you're busy. Thank you for joining us. We're going to get you out of here with uh, just the last parting one. You've been doing this now a decade. Uh, <laughs> these conferences, they continue to evolve and grow. Do you have uh, uh, an amazing memory to share? Or let's say, if it's not a memory that comes to mind right off the top, how about a tip to the people listening to this on when they attend the Money 2020, how they can invest early in making the conference yep. the best they can? It's a really good, a good question. I mean, there are too many moments uh, I could... I always love it when I meet a company who came here as uh, you know on our smallest stands and are now the biggest companies I mean Air Wallex is one who many years ago uh, came here and you know uh, went on to be a unicorn there are many stories like that but I love when I hear their story that oh I came to money 2020 and um, uh, you know that was my experience so hearing people's success that they built is lovely um, I think the thing I'd say about people coming to the show it can be really overwhelming I mean it's a, bit, it's a big old show we have a real um, 
strategy around people who come here for the first time. So there is an icon on the badge um, so that my team can spot every first-timer. Um, we had first-time receptions yesterday, so it's a heart with 2021 in. If you've got a heart with 2021, like you, you're a first-timer. I'm a first-timer. You're a first-timer. Not a last-timer. So you're not a last-timer. That's good to hear. So we've, we've won you by day two, so that's good. But what we do with first-timers is we work with them before the show. We did webinars with them so they could get ready. Basic stuff like, you know, uh, you know how to use the app get your hotel room booked because you know look, the Venetian is sold out this week so you know we like to get people prepared uh, for those sorts of things so we work with our first timers before they get to the show yesterday we did a first timers reception we had hundreds of first time customers who came um, we did you know we helped them find their way around the show we're there for them we have a first timers lounge so we've put particular things in around our first time customers because we understand the first time you come here it's a bit overwhelming so we we work with our first-time customers to help them have a good experience. So, um, and then hopefully they they come back. So you invest early in the customers, and you do a wonderful job of it. Last question, and thank you so much for joining us at Investorly. We empower you to invest early in your financial future. Can you share something from your uh, your life of investing, just in your career in, in investment? Something that someone that's listening to this, just getting started, or needs something to pick me up, or wants some advice from someone that's you know ascend it to a high level in their career. Can you share a tip about how to invest early in yourself? My top tip on that would be networks. Networks matter. And, you know, the reason, you know, we talked about all the meetings and we talked about things like Rise Up. The most important thing for career... Um, is build your network and I think a lot of time people think about their results they work really really hard and they neglect the network and I think what happened in the pandemic is without live events you know it's much harder to um, make those connections digitally and so you know everything we do here is about making connections so network matters invest time in you and your network that's a fantastic piece of advice and then we want to just say thank you so much for joining us at Investorly it's been my pleasure thank you so much that's true Tracy Davies, live from Vegas, Money 2020. So we're here at Money 2020 with Eric Turner. He just got off the stage, gave a great conversation and presentation around DeFi. Eric Turner of Misari Crypto. So Eric, what was it like giving your presentation at the conference? Yeah, it was a uh, it was a full house, and it was really exciting to see so many people really interested in DeFi and you know learning how to become uh, your own bank. And, and I mean that from two different perspectives, you know, individuals that can actually uh, really start to manage their financial future through DeFi and through blockchain and also just all the developers out there that can build those protocols and applications for people to start participating more actively. And so people might not know about Masari or they do, but if they're interested in utilizing Masari, how can they go to Masari and sort of get started in their investing journey? Yeah, so Masari is a crypto data and research firm. We focus on providing really high quality uh, data f- and tooling for our users. And then we uh, utilize our, our research team and all of our analysts to provide all of the context around these things. So if you look at what's happening in DeFi and you look at the way that all these protocols are being governed by their communities, it's really important for individuals to understand how they can properly manage these protocols, how they participate in the governance process. You know, we think about DeFi and we think about being your own bank and really creating your own financial future. Well, with DeFi protocols, the, the actual people that own these protocols are the people 
people that participate and use them on a daily basis. And they get to make those decisions on how the protocol is upgraded, how it spends its money, uh, really things that are going to you know, actually add value to their investments in the future. So it's totally different than what you see in you know, the traditional world, where you're really trying to analyze a stock and understand what management's going to do. In DeFi, you are management and you are building the future of these protocols. And we focus on really just adding a lot of uh, context and, and providing that information for our users to help them make smarter decisions in that space. And finally, at Investorly, we empower you to invest early in your financial future. Can you give us one way that you've done that? Yeah, I think the most important thing you can do if you really think about investing in yourself and investing early is go out, find something you're interested in, research, dig deep, and start writing about it. And when you're writing about things, you're actually building that expertise to teach yourself a little bit more, get a little bit deeper, and really build a solid foundation for the future. Thanks for joining us. You gave a great conversation today. Thank you. We're here at Money 2020. We're here at the Deserve credit card booth, right? And I'm here with uh, Neelish? That's right. Neelish Lalwani. And what's your uh, role at I'm Deserve? Senior product manager at Deserve. I lead a product for commercial cards. Tell us about Deserve so we understand more about it. Sure. Uh, we are credit card as a service. What we do is we help companies, including banks or fintechs, launch their credit card within 90 days. Within 90 days? Within 90 days. So how do we do that so quickly? It's it's a one-stop shop, and I hate that term. It's a cliche term, but it, you know it's a one-stop shop for uh, you know everything. We bring in the bank, we bring in uh, the bins, we bring in the underwriting, rewards, payments, you name it, and we we give it to you, right? And all you have to do is, you know, you know your customer best. We work with you to identify what really drives your customer. What are the needs, right? What are the rewards that they need, and that's what you know we'll bring to the table. Build your brand and your credit card in 90 days. Right. Can you share a couple of the brands that you've actually? worked with already? Sure. So we just launched the first Bitcoin-powered credit card with BlockFi, right? So it just gives you 1.5% in Bitcoin, uh, and you have that, right? So that's awesome. You love it already, right? Uh, we launched M1 Finance, uh, you know, so so they're giving you rewards for buying stock, which is great. Uh, you know, we're, we're also doing subprime lending, which is with OpFi, right, which will be out of Chicago. So And we also do the big banks, such as Sally May. Right, customers bank. So you know, we we do a lot of these empowered banks. So it's bank and fintechs both. Uh, and I, you know, it's ninety days is not just a statement. We've done the drill. We know the drill, and you know, we have everything built in. So it's really powering that with the ninety days. So you're at Money Twenty Twenty. It's been a wonderful conference. What's your experience from a, a brand been like so far? Oh, it's it's been awesome. We've we've generated so much interest, not only in business credit cards you know that's a new segment we're exploring we're launching one new card in December right uh, we we got a lot of you know interest for consumer cards as well buy now pay later and we do the video about that as well just saying uh, and you know we got to meet a lot of new you know interesting companies that we can partner with uh, you know new and famous fraud you know new name it and we've seen it here so it's, it's re been really interesting thank you and so at Investorly as we said we empower mm -hmm. the community to invest early sure what is one way that you have invested early in your financial future that you would share with the community? Right, uh, making payments on time. Right? Making payments on time. Mm -hmm. That's that's a big piece. Don't uh, miss a payment. Don't miss a payment. I missed one payment when I you was know, like seven years ago and it still dings me at times. So, you know, uh, it's the negative, it's the con, but never miss a payment. Make sure you do that and build out your credit, credit so that, you know, when you want that mortgage, you get that easily. This has been Neilish with Deserve giving us a look and a glimpse into uh, how you can go from A to Z and
get your bank and your credit card set up in 90 days. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. So we're here at Money 2020. We're sitting down with George Cook, co-founder of Honeycomb Credit. And what's unique about Honeycomb is you participated and reached the finals of the money pitch. Why don't you talk about that experience? It was wild. Um, so we, we went through, there were hundreds of applicants that applied. Uh, I've been in the financial services industry for a long time, and this is kind of the, the cream of the crop. Everyone knows that this, this is, if you're a fintech startup, this is something you should be gunning for. And so we took it really seriously. We applied, uh, got into a semifinal round, competed with four other amazing uh, startups in, in our semifinal round. We're fortunate enough to be selected from our semifinal round to, to pitch on the main stage. Uh, biggest crowd I've ever been in front of. They told me it was about 3,000 people uh, when we were presenting on the main stage. Uh, and, and Magic Johnson was right before us. So I like to say Magic Johnson was the opening act for, for Honeycomb Credit uh, last or Sunday night. There you go. That's right. So I actually watched both Magic lead into your, uh, you know, finishing. And I had a question because when they brought you out in the competition, Michael Buffer announces you. Then you get one minute to pitch, but you actually get six minutes of question and answer from the judges. Were you nervous? And if you were nervous, what were you more nervous about? So, yes, the short answer is yes, I was very nervous. Uh, you know, it's a lot of spotlights, a lot of cameras. Uh, you know, I, 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 the one minute pitch, it's a short pitch. It's a lot of content to cover in 60 seconds. Uh, but, you know, you can rehearse that. You can prepare for the one minute pitch. How many times did you rehearse it? Uh, hundreds, if not thousands. Uh, many of many times, my dog was the sole audience as I was rehearsing. I'm sure he thinks I'm, I'm uh, you know, certifiably insane at this point. Um, but yes, you're able to control that piece, right? You you know uh, exactly what that six, sixty seconds is going to feel like. The team here did an amazing job of, of you know sound checking, getting you out on the stage, and getting a feel for it. But the Q and A, you know, it can go anyway, right? These are really smart VC judges. They're going to ask tough questions. Uh, so you can prepare a little bit, but but it's really uh, it's much harder to prepare for that six minute Q and A. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. But you did a fantastic job in your pitch. I, I was witness to it, and I thought you know obviously your repetitions and your rehearsal with your dog came in handy. So cheers to the dog. What type of dog do you have? A West Highland White Terrier, crank, cranky old Westie named Napoleon. But also good to listen and help you get through things. That's right. That's so, right. So talk to us about Honeycomb Credit, what it is, what you're doing, and where you're going. Yeah, absolutely. So Honeycomb is a loan crowdfunding platform. We let locally owned businesses borrow from their own customers and fans. It kind of looks like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, GoFundMe, but instead of donating 100 bucks and, and hoping you're going to get that t-shirt in the mail, you're investing 100 1000 $10,000 in locally owned businesses that you know and love, earning a competitive return, and unlocking an entrepreneur's dream at the same time. So in terms of, of kind of where we're at as a company, we, we just moved $10 million across our platform. We've worked with more than 150 businesses. We're growing really fast. Uh, we've done loan campaigns in 23 different states, uh, and, and we're launching new states all the time. So, so uh, that's kind of who we are. Uh, Long-term vision for the company is to really prove to the world that small businesses are investable. Right? Every year there are trillions of dollars in, in secondary markets and mortgages and auto loans and student loans, but there's not a lot of that in small business lending. And a lot of the financial services segment has just said that small businesses aren't investable anymore. I think what we're trying to prove is that whenever you have local people investing in local businesses, people who know those businesses, 
voting with their wallets, they can actually de-risk those loans and we can make small businesses an investable asset class again and really unlock a lot of capital for Main Street Middle America. It's a good cause. Um, already fantastic numbers uh, and outreach that you're already doing. A lot of people listening to this conversation, not able to attend money. What are they missing out on? What's the feeling like being here? I'll tell you what, after being in hibernation for almost two years, it is so refreshing to be out here with, with 7,500, I've heard, of my closest friends, <laughs> the, the financial services industry. Um, it's been really refreshing, a ton of energy, so many great ideas in the fintech community, um, and it's great to have all of that showcased in one place. One last thing about being here for everyone listening. Have you had the chance to sort of walk the hall and see the different exhibitors, different companies, different brands, and has there been one that got you excited or what has been the theme maybe outside of obviously the money pitch, which has been incredible for you and the company on a personal level, have you walked around and been like, oh, that's interesting or you sense a theme here at the, at the Money 2020 conference? There's a lot of different themes. Um, you know, there, there's a lot in the payment space, which is not really our domain, but, but I'm, I'm getting smarter about it, learning a lot about crypto. I didn't know a lot about crypto. Um, you know, I think there's also a really interesting social impact bent, which you don't historically hear at financial services conferences. But people are increasingly thinking about, you know, the tools we're building as an industry. How do we make sure that they're accessible to people and that we're, we're leveling the playing field and, and building inclusive tool sets um, for, for any consumer? And, and that's really refreshing and really exciting. And I think uh, the zeitgeist in, in, uh, in the financial services industry is really kind of becoming more inclusive. Social impact, the social component is definitely paramount here as you walk around and just connect with different individuals, which... I have to say, I mean, the conference on our hand, our, our view, has been a fantastic way to connect with different individuals in the services. Would you say that too? Oh, 100%. I mean, I can't walk more than 50 feet before bumping into someone I, I, brought, I know or, or saw my pitch. And so many amazing organic conversations just come up by being here in person. So just like Honeycomb Credit started uh, from a, a, you know, a very early phase and has grown, into being a finalist at the money pitch. What do you say to other people, other founders, other interested entrepreneurs coming up with an idea right at the start and how what they should invest in or do you have some words of advice to get from where they are to maybe where you are and then beyond? You know, it's, it's funny. Everyone told me when I started the entrepreneurial journey that it was a roller coaster. And I assumed that that meant you would have a good month and then a bad month and then, you know, maybe a couple good months after that. It's like hour to hour. You will have an amazing morning and then a horrible afternoon, and, and the ups and downs are so dramatic, but the, the lows are low, but the highs are so high, and it, it, is, it is so much fun. Um, so stick it out, you know, put, put your head down, work through the lows, um, and, and really embrace the journey, because uh, if you are only focused on the end, uh, then you're, you're really missing out on a lot of really fun, exciting things that you're accomplishing every single day. And finally, at Investorly, we empower the community to invest early in themselves, in their financial future. What does that mean to you? And can you share uh, a tip, something you've dealt with that has helped you uh, invest early in yourself, in Honeycomb, and in your career? Yeah, I, I love that mission so much. And, and you know, it's really a lot about what, what Honeycomb is, is all about. Right? You know, I think for us, our minimum investment is $100 dollars. 
We try to make it as democratic as possible. A lot of people that invest on our platform have never invested before. And, you know, it can be really intimidating if you're a first-time investor to invest in a Bitcoin or to invest in a stock or to invest in bonds. But to invest in the neighborhood coffee shop, a place that you know and love, can be a lot less intimidating. So we're trying to, to take some of that stigma out of investing, make it really approachable, uh, make it you know just easier for, for people to join the investment world uh, and start saving for their future. Make it easier to join the investment world and plan and save for your future. Those are fantastic words to go on it. From an investorly perspective, we definitely can't wait to see what happens with Honeycomb Credit. And we saw you on the stage in the Money Pitch Finals. We plan to see you in the future uh, doing even bigger things. So we wish you continued success uh, in the journey. And where can people sort of learn more about Honeycomb Credit? You can learn more at honeycombcredit.com. Honeycombcredit.com. There it is. The co-founder, George Cook. Right off the stage app, pretty much. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, so we're here at Money 2020, and we're at the NYDIG uh, space, and I'm here with CMO Kelly Brewster of NYDIG. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Tell us what NYDIG's purpose here at a fintech conference and how that's evolved over the years to where we are today. Sure. Well, it's, it's actually our first time here at the conference, which has been great. It's been an amazing experience. Um, you know, our business really started back in 2017 as more of an asset management business. So we were more in the investment products business, creating funds and things like that. Over the past year or so, we've made a big shift into our platform solutions business, which is where we power other companies who are interested in offering Bitcoin services and products to their existing customers. We've had some great success in that space. There is no better place to be than here, if that is your goal, is to find companies that have uh, you know, great client bases that already love these companies, believe in these companies, use their products, and companies want to add Bitcoin to that. Um, so that's what we're here for, and uh, so far it's been an amazing experience. I would say first time at Money 2020 for NYDIG, but certainly not the last time. Definitely not. And on a personal level, Kelly, as someone at NYDIG, as someone in the investing space, can you give a tip or a share uh, something from your personal experience that helps others invest early in their future when it comes to finances? Sure, that's a that's a tough one. You know, I think the the... the best advice that I could give anyone uh, is to be patient. That anyone who tells you that they have the secret to making a lot of money really quickly and investing well immediately on day one, they're making it up. Uh, it's all about finding the right things to invest in and being very patient with them. And, you know, it's amazing the price action that we've seen with something like Bitcoin over the past two years. But even with that, you have to have a long time horizon. You have to be patient. So. And lastly, you already said it's been a fantastic com conference, and it really has, on a personal level, from an investorly standpoint, learning about the different brands. NYDIG, major sponsor of the NLW podcast. Are you sponsoring other podcasts, other individuals, other events that people listening to this may want to also follow? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're very interested in getting our name out there. Our goal is to get Bitcoin into the hands of as many people as possible. So the more people that know what we're doing, the better. All right, we're going to invest early in NYDIG. Thank I you love for it. your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Here at the Money 2020 conference, I am with Arna Ajay, the vice president and deputy head of fintech innovation and partnerships at the French bank BNP Paribas. You're a speaker at the conference. 
What's the thought process going into giving a seminar to a crowd of people? Hi, Michael, and thank you for having me. And yes, I, I love the, the topic of your newsletter, uh, Investorly. I think that's really something uh, required. The process to, to be a speaker is that, yes, you can get uh, discovered uh, by basically uh, the, the team at Money20 uh, for your leadership and your, and your topic. And yeah, they can approach you about to, to, to speak about it. And so, yes, um, at BNP Paribas, we are the 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 best bank in the world apparently for sustainable finance we got awards for that um and uh at the innovation lab we pushed uh that uh, leadership also for uh, consumers uh and uh, retail banking uh, and indeed we created partnership with fintech uh, financial technologies companies to uh, empower our retail um, customers uh for instance to invest uh with C- um, portfolios aligned with their values. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, the the topic uh, of my of my talk. Yeah, it's an exciting conversation. I'm excited to hear you speak. It's going to be your first time speaking at Money 2020. Yeah, you in the past have attended the conference. Yeah, what's the difference between just the attending, but then this year attending and knowing that you're speaking? Is it a different feeling? Is it the same? Is there more excitement to it? Give us a little background behind that. Well, when you're passionate about uh, financial technology, like coming to Money20 is like uh, the moment of the year, right? Is you, you get to meet uh, a lot of new startups, a lot of new innovations, and that, that is the excitement that I had as an attendee. Um, the, f- the thing when you are a speaker is that you are on the spot, <laughs> you are on the spotlight, and then uh, you got a lot of uh, requests from uh, other attendees, from fellow speakers, from the media, and then, uh, and then the excitement that you have also for your own projects, you have the opportunity to share it with the rest of the world and the rest of the ecosystem and community, and, and that's really, really thrilling, yeah. Yeah, very thrilling. One of the things that excited me to have the chance to speak with you is about that empowering a community uh, and what you're doing with the sustainable finance uh, for the planet. Can you dive a little bit deeper into sort of sustainable finance and what made that something so interesting and something you would invest time in and want to do? So sustainable finance has mainly two big components to it. Uh, There's a social one and there's an environmental one. A social one is uh, basically all about financial inclusion, financial health, uh, and it was uh, really said even by Scarlett, the SVP of Money20, as the topic of the year uh, at Money20. And it's true that we saw many talks on, on that on that range of uh, financial inclusion, uh, and uh, that's a big part of, sus- of uh, sustainable finance. The other part is the environmental uh, aspect, and yeah, this is uh, specifically the focus of, of my talk uh, uh, tomorrow. And basically, yes, uh, think if you are aware of the, the climate change, of the urgency to, to, to move, and that maybe you go vegan, maybe you, you drive a Tesla to, to do the best you can do for the planet. But if your 401k and all your investment are actually financing everything you ate and everything that destroyed the planet, uh, that's kind of absurd, right? And so what we realized, and as a, as a bank, so BNP Paribas, we start financing coal, we start financing t- tobacco, we start financing Arctic uh, drilling, things like that. Uh, and we f- finance even more like renewable energies. We are the second largest provider of green bonds. So we do good things as, a, uh, as an investment bank. 
But then it's true that for the retail bank and commercial bank, uh, we need also to empower our consumers. And this is why back in 2017, I started a mapping of all the fintech that could be related to the climate, to the planet, to the environment. And yes, uh, I identified few, part few potential partners and then we initiated these partnerships. Uh, for instance, the first one uh, back in 2018 was uh, between uh, a fintech called Open Invest uh, with uh, the wealth management division of Bank of the West, which is a, a retail banking subsidiary of BNP Paribas in the US. And basically, yes, for wealth management uh, customers of Bank of the West, um, if they also wanted to uh, align their investment portfolio with their values, thanks to the technology of open invest, they could do so, like to specifically in invest in companies uh, uh, for like for like environmental criteria, human rights criteria, um, maybe avoid uh, investing in companies uh, related to deforestation or things like that. So to really yeah, uh, be consistent between your values and what is in your, in your, in your portfolio of stocks, yeah. Curiously, do you drive a Tesla and are you vegan? Uh, hello. I'm, I'm not driving a Tesla, but I'm not uh, driving a car at all. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's, I th maybe it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably easier. <laughs> um, and how about the vegan thing? Uh, I, I, I don't. Try? I try. I mean, I reduce my red meat consumption. This is a big, big, big part of it. Like the, the methane production from the cars is like, uh, I feel like in double digits percentage of the carbon emission in the world. Uh, so yes, I maybe eat like only once a week uh, about uh, the red meat. Um, but uh, but yeah, not going vegan yet. But at least you know, I passed my driving uh, license like uh, 12 years ago, and I have never driven one. So <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. that's that's a really unique fact <laughs> that only probably our listeners of this conversation will know. That's really fascinating. What what is it that made you so interested in this sort of sustainable finance and this sort of idea of putting your your portfolio actions and investments? to match the words that you may say and want yeah. and not just do it one side of it where you say you like these things but your actions are not the same. Yeah. I really, you know, on a personal level, agree with the way that you're uh, approaching it and the fact that you're interested. But like, where was this started at? Because I think people listening could, could learn from understanding how you really got started and what was there, was there a moment that said, this is why I want to do this or, or I'm passionate about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, so for me, um, maybe surprisingly, uh, because of my talk, my, my first drive towards uh, sustainable finance was more about the social aspect. Uh, I'm coming from like, uh, uh, yeah, underprivileged uh, background, um, like uh, I'm from a, a, a ethnicity in France, it's called the Roma. Maybe you, you know us with the derogatory term uh, gypsies. Uh, so nobody in my family has ever finished high school. So I'm the first one and I, 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 I moved, um, I climbed up the social ladder. And yes, I, I discovered that, yes, actually, um, the, the, the financial disparities, the lack of financial uh, literacy, lack of financial education, and then the lack of financial health uh, is really a social justice problem. So for me, it was yeah, really the drive about financial uh, inclusion. Uh, and then, yes, at, at working for BNP Paribas, which is the priority about uh, the environment, are so an opportunity as well to say, okay, um, the banks is, uh, is, is, is really moving towards the, this environmental cause. Um, the mission of, the, of BNP Paribas, of the bank, is to serve uh, its clients and the planet we live in. So we, we consider the planet as our stakeholder. 
Um, and, and yes, and the motto of the bank is the bank for changing world, which means two things. It means you have to claim and change, but also the fact that the world is changing with technology and innovation. And, and actually, we can embrace the two. We can actually innovate for the planet. And, and actually, yeah, uh, maybe a lot of solutions of our planetary problem can also be found in innovation. And so for me, yes, I found an opportunity to, to move the needle to have an impact. And it's true that sometimes, you know, at the bank, it can be difficult to drive uh, or to initiate a partnership. But the moment we've 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 uh, suggested partnership with fintech related to the climate, related to the uh, the priority of the top management of the bank, suddenly went much faster. So then, yes, we could see really that uh, we could have an impact of, uh, over there to be the leader. And um, but yes, like I would say tomorrow on my on my talk, um, we love to be the first, but we cannot be the only one so yeah. I will invite all the banks all the fintech to um, to copy us to be inspired to do anything because that's the, the very interesting aspect is that in every part of financial services uh, you can have an environmental component to it and uh, and yes everybody can do uh, it's uh, it, it's part for the planet yeah yeah this is this is great this is something I'm passionate about uh, um, myself and, and part of investorly is empowering a community and this is another way that you're trying to empower a larger community uh, not just from clients but as you said to other yeah. banks to get on board and partner because you can only do so much yourself but a team can do a lot more yeah uh, and if everybody does a little that actually ends up with a lot you're speaking at, at the conference what do you think it's gonna be like right on stage Give us the feeling. Do you think you're going to have some butterflies? Actually, I, I love public speaking. Okay. That's really my stuff. Uh, and uh, I'm really excited by that. I know that some people like uh, overwhelmed by stress. I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite. Um, I'm like the player before to enter the field and with the excitement and we need to... Yeah, to convince the stage, uh, it's my opportunity to yeah to pass the message to eventually convince more people to something I'm passionate about. So for me, yes, uh, uh, I'm not uh, overwhelmed by stress, but really excited. And and yeah, to bounce back also to what you say, you know, the the first <laughs> speaker at the conference, um, the, the guest star was Magic Johnson, and he said, yes, I believe you can do good by doing well. And uh, and actually, Americans believe it's so because there was a survey by Morgan Stanley that showed that 85% of Americans are interested in sustainable uh, investing and 95% of millennials. So millennials are even more interested and aware of the urgency. And nine out of 10 um, believe that, yes, you can have good financial performance with uh, also uh, a good uh, social and environmental impact. So yes, um, and, and we could see it also on the asset under management. Uh, if you take the ESG fund or sustainable fund, uh, it grew by 42% over the past three years, from like $12 trillion to $17 trillion. And basically today, a third of asset under management in the US are with uh, sustainable portfolios uh, and sustainable funds. And if you look at a company like Tesla and its valuation, it's also because of that. Because when you need to invest for the future with something sustainable, and there's not so many Teslas in the world, well, when you have one of them, you can get a lot of uh, financing and, and funding. And uh, I even talked on, on, on French TV about the upcoming IPO of Rivian, its competitor. Mm -hmm. It does zero dollars worth of revenue. Do you know how much is their is target valuation? Of uh, I think there's something like 15 billion, maybe 45 billion. 80 billion. 80 billion. It so keeps rising every yeah, time I check. I know yeah, Rivian so, well. So that's, that's the thing. Is that, yeah. And so why companies with zero dollars revenue can target legitimately 
Um, Amazon like, is power uh, is exactly with them. because yeah indeed, indeed Amazon has uh, invested in them and also ordered like hundred thousand of vehicles. But basically yes, uh, if in the future you want to invest in electric vehicles, uh, then you need also have a competitor with te Tesla. And basically, uh, Rivian is just uh, targeting ten percent of current valuation of Tesla. So yeah, that's uh, that's how they they make sense uh, in terms of uh, their their ambition. Yeah, incredible. I, I thought of something that stats that you gave about the, the wealth uh, and the percentages are fantastic. It's almost like good financial wealth can lead to better planet health. Yeah. And it's fascinating, those numbers, and hopefully they continue to grow into more and more uh, sustainability and, yeah. and better actions. And, and also, and also what, what it can uh, enable, because having so much financing for like sustainable projects, it can mean that these uh, companies with sustainable uh, uh, products and services can deliver and then, yes, provide the good we need and then eventually make it affordable because that's also really the, the thing is that we need to make sure that uh, having an environmental impact is affordable. Uh, we cannot dis distinguish the sustainability in terms of uh, inclusion and in terms of uh, environmental impact. I it has to go hand in hand. It cannot be a luxury to do the right thing for the planet. It has to be a necessity. A necessity. Right. It should be affordable. It should be profitable. Correct. So a lot of people listening to this, whenever they hear this, they either maybe didn't get to attend Money 2020 or uh, maybe they want to in the future. What would you say that feeling of being back in person at conferences has been like? And share something that's been very enjoyable about being here. Yeah, that's true. That's really fantastic. I really love conference. I love the serendipity of meeting people. Like you, you jump into someone that you didn't see for a lot of time. Uh, someone introduced you to someone else. Uh, yes, you have the app and you have this momentum. Like we're here for like only four days and sometimes like we go across the country or across the world. And so uh, we need to meet, we need to make times and, and things move quickly. Uh, and, uh, and so that's, that's really the, the thing is that yes, you, and you get also the, the energy from others you know like you 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 res you receive le the feedback that yes actually what you're working on is uh, is inspiring and you get inspired by others so basically yeah for me it's like to charge my battery of inspiration and energy for doing things thanks to the uh, all the peers of passionate people uh, on the same financial innovation topic so uh, that's really the really the thing so yes I'm um, thank you for sharing with investorly this energy across your community and and so then yes you can also uh, spread that across the world, yeah. Absolutely. And, and the last question, obviously, at Investorly, we also like to empower a community to invest early in their financial future. Using that idea and thought, and then using the idea of sustainable finance, what's one tip or strategy, someone that maybe says, you know, I just listened to this conversation and I'm interested in, in doing that. What's, the, what's one way to start? Yeah, so for me, I'm a big believer in like... Uh, long-term passive investing and you have uh, today like green ETF uh, you have a green mutual fund uh, where you can uh, just um, participate in and I think that would just be that you know like if you if you can just put like um, $50 $100 uh, 
if possible every month like in, in, in different types of green ETF or sustainable ESG funds um, and, and still have this diversification and and still be aligned with uh, sustainable investing you will make the difference in the long term and you will make a difference not only for your retirement and, and your financial health but for the planet it's almost like everybody can win yeah. uh, by doing that. Well, listen, Arnaud, we wish you uh, a fantastic conversation and, and session tomorrow at the Money 2020 conference. We'll certainly be in attendance to listen, and we're hoping that the mission will continue. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. We're here on the last day of Money 2020, and we're with Scarlett Sieber, Chief Strategy and Growth Officer at Money 2020. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Good morning. Let's get into it. I was able to talk to Tracy at the start of the conference. Now we've gone through just an incredible four days and it really has been fantastic what I've heard, what I've seen and witnessed. But from your perspective, you're coming off not just a successful Money 2020 in Europe. What sort of differentiates the, the Europe conference that you just had a month or so ago to the one that we've just sort of experienced here in Las Vegas? The type of content that kind of stuck and where people spent their times um our 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 u.s event is four days versus europe being three so i'd say the biggest differentiator was how many people came on sunday which people always say oh sunday but like we had very very good attendance on sunday and the quality of the content was we did some different tests and had a lot of different stuff on that day and the, the fact that we saw so many different pieces land was pretty pretty spectacular. And speaking of Sunday, you specifically said at your sort of keynote intro on the stage, you said to say I'm pumped is an understatement. So, and then what is about to take place over the next few days? You're super excited, and you rightfully so. I could understand why you were so pumped. Did it live up to it? How did it live up to it? And overall, what's the feeling about just in general being back in person at conferences? It it over exceeded my expectations. Um, the amount of blood, sweat, and tears that go into putting something like this together is hard to express in words. Um, but these are my people and this is my industry. And so I, I have been fortunate enough in my career to have spent time all over the world um, in fintech and I have not seen people in years so I had my mini reunions over in Europe last month and then to do that here was just a whole different scale um, so that's like if I if I sit back and reflect that's a type of stuff that gets me the most excited is reconnecting with people that I have not seen in so long and just seeing how much collaboration has happened people are leaving their companies starting their own companies like that type of stuff is just super super inspiring you talked about the blood the sweat and the tears that go into it Uh, can't even imagine just seeing it I could sort of understand where you're coming from can you discuss those challenges in sort of making an event this big possible under given circumstances and do you think it gets any easier moving forward yeah um, so there was I think it was interesting. So Europe, you know, because of the continent having so many different countries, there was a lot of hurdles we had to deal with there. We had to get exemptions. It was a big thing. It took a lot of effort to move that needle. And people showed up and showed out. And that's the thing that we really did is we stopped and listened. And what what does our community want? And they wanted this to happen. Um, 
there's it's, it was a continuous battle but I think one of the things that was so interesting was and that I can't I wasn't here when this happened but we spent a lot of time over the last 18 months reinvesting in the business we worked at the creative agency to reimagine the show so we said we know we want to come back and we want to come back bigger and better and more beautiful in a totally different way which the vision is what drove each one of our team members every single day to do it but it's really hard to do like we didn't have one change or two change or three changes we had a ton of changes are people going to like these changes it's something that we we reimagine the entire showroom design from squares to circles which sounds like such a simple complex uh, concept but it's extremely complicated to execute and the way that it is is that now you're going instead of going this way this way this way there's a flow and there's a movement to it so that's i'd say getting that change people's behaviors takes time but to see the success in Europe and how well that worked, I was really excited to see how it worked here. And we're getting there. We've, it's just a little bit more of a scale here. So I think by next year, people are going to be more comfortable with it and be able to find things they didn't intend to find. Right. So let's dive into that first a little bit here. The yeah. flow, you had like sort of heat maps yeah. or, or it's kind of unique, right? Talk about that a little bit where it sort of tells you where the action is or the action maybe is not so you can find a quieter space or a more active. Yeah. The thought process behind that and, and yeah. implementation yeah. as you're talking about from a flow perspective. So the creative agency that we worked with to redesign the flow of the show, uh, we started talking about this concept of, of heat map. Um, actually, I, I wore the heat map on my dress yesterday <laughs> um, <laughs> because it was so cool. When I started getting the designs back, um, before we had the Europe, sh- Europe sh- I was like, I, I want to wear this. Like, I can't. It's so, it's so incredible because the idea is like, you, you you have ideas of where people are going or what they're doing, but you want. I want to visualize that and see. So there's times where the FOMO is real, and I want to be where the action is. It's like, what am I not? Like, I got so caught up in this conversation. Where should I be that I'm not? And you look and you see where the energy is. And other times. This is a long show. There's a lot long days. Sometimes you just want to get away and have that quiet moment, and so you can know where you can go to do that, which I think is really important. Yeah, and super unique. I mean, as someone that's gone to a lot of conferences, maybe not recently, something I had never experienced or seen. So, how do you take that idea? It improves you. You see how people sort of get more accustomed to it, and then evolve that for the next conference. Any thoughts that you were like, you know, this is great, but I already thought we should also implement this or add it to. Oh, 100%. Um, the the concept of the heat map I thought was extremely strong. Um, because of the scale and the amount that's going on, it, I think it got a little bit lost. So it's a, being a bit more clear and specific about what it is and why and how it adds value um, for you. But I think what I'm most excited about um, using it for, especially for us, we're at a, we're at a, a tech and, and finance conference, right? It's a con- a tech and finance show. Like when we put those two things together, we need to have that reflected in what we do. So. I want to know what content stuck. We, we all has, have historically had the surveys and all that, and that's great, and we get a ton of data from that. But I want to know who resonated and who didn't. So I, if I see you put XYZ speaker on XYZ stage, people leave when that person gets on, it's a data point to start thinking further about. Or I, I'm farther away from the sponsorship side. 
but I do find it interesting to spend, see where people are spending their time. So like collectively, if there's one or two areas where everyone is concentrated on, what, what, what was happening there? Like, why were people spending, I mean, there will be, you know, micro moments we think about with Alex Honnold and Garrett McMara yesterday. They went and spent some time over at, uh, at Feed's Eyes booth. And if, if I didn't know that, like, I wouldn't have known that. So I'd be like, wait, why was there all this attention over at Feed's Eye at, like, a, one period of time? Um, so I think that data is going to be really, really helpful for us to take a step back and say, how do we make sure that we're thinking about this in the right way, that we're, we're putting the right people in the right places, right stages, and or that, you know, you're using the right moments across the showroom floor? Yeah, fascinating. And that conversation specifically with Alex Honnold uh, about going sort of uh, fast, the risk, and, and with Danica uh, and Garrett, it was uh, a great conversation. Uh, interesting to see how then people would go and want to meet the speaker after they had spoken uh, right after. Maybe something that you could expand on to other speakers yeah. and, and, and such. So we've done that, right? right. So one of the things, um, yeah, Danica killed it, by the way. Uh, she was so good. Um, one of the things that we, so we, we have micro moments like that. Um, not everyone knows about it, and we really prioritize that. Um, so like Christy Kim from Tomo Credit was on the session on uh, the Ignite stage around you know credit cards and we did uh an ama with her backstage in the green room and people were stoked to come spend time and talk to her and that's exactly what it was so as opposed to i mean of course alex and danica and the garretts are big names and people want to be with them but the people who want to have that deeper conversation like okay christy went from being for us in 2019 a rise up alum now she did a big fundraise and whatever else she moved to the main stage it's like they they want to hear that journey they want to hear what's happening and to have that in an intimate setting where there's 10 15 20 people just with christy is pretty special it's great the rise up program really important really neat program uh that continues now uh the women's accelerator program three years old Right, so you just talked about going from the program to main stage. How do you, uh, when you think about it, continue to evolve the program? And what's your thoughts on sort of the growing uh, ability to have the mentors come back and just that kind of focus on the women and uh, how important that is in the space? So, lots of questions there. Let's let's start with the first one. Um, <clears throat> so, rise up with with many things. You, you test and learn. Um, Rise Up was Tracy and a handful of other people, but definitely Tracy's brain. And she started it, and she had a very specific vision for what it would become. And I think it was even better than what she expected. Um, the community that it has created still continues three years later. And that's, that is invaluable because I sit back I talk about this with my team, but just with my friends, anyone, like, there's so many reasons why someone becomes successful. Timing, hustle, intelligence, whatever else, but a lot of it is your network. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of tech and a lot of money is being invested in, like, a San Francisco and a New York is because of the scale of those cities. And there are incredible companies doing incredible things, and it's it's much better now. But all over the all over the country, all over the world, but it's based off of your network and making sure you have the introductions. And so that's what Rise Up to me. This is Scarlett's thoughts. Like what Rise Up is for me is 
helping women connect with each other and take each other to the next level, share job opportunities. Hey, I got offered this. I'm really not interested. I'm not looking at leaving. Does anyone want this? You would never, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the type of stuff that I think is super, super powerful. In terms of what we've learned, we used to have it as a kind of totally separate um, track, you could say. So what we've, we started doing is while, and the women loved interacting with each other and we had men and women and, you know, many people coming in and spend time with them, but um, they wanted, they had FOMO themselves. They want to be out with everyone else too. So we, we've found a balance to make sure that they get that closed door moment, but also can be with everyone else. Right. So, so sort of have that sort of unique program, but also integrate them into the whole entire picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Speaking of sort of programs or newer things in technology and finance, I mean, this is sort of money 2020 at the forefront. Let's talk about the conference for for a second on a bigger picture in comparison to, say, other conferences. Listen, uh, people have a lot of options or choices to make. What really sets money 2020 apart from any other sort of conference? Well, first of all, we refer to ourselves as a show, not a conference. So that's the, that's the, what we said. A as show. A, yeah. No, show. no, but that. So that's exactly how we. That's how we think about it. Okay. Um, if you take a step back and think about what is it that makes this so special, it's the fact that everyone is here at the same time. And I'll take I'll take myself as an example. Um, coming before this role and even in this role coming to money 2020 walk even going to get the bag badge collection at the time you don't know who you're going to meet and the serendipity of it is so powerful uh standing there and there could be ceo of a bank or there could be that vc you were trying to talk to and just i loved that like I had my whole agenda ba- baked out, every meeting that I had scheduled, and then sometimes I'd meet people, I'd be like, oh my God, I haven't talked to you about this or that, or someone would run into me be like, got to reschedule myself so I can be with you. So I think the first thing is really around the scale and the fact that everyone is here. Two is we really focus on having the best content, looking at perspectives and things that are not talked about everywhere, um, and people prioritize and, and help we're the center of the ecosystem, so a lot of the announcements and things happen here. And I'll tell you a very personal antidote. Um, one of the nights, uh, there was a dinner, and it was a very complex group of people. And um, one of the large financial institutions came and talked to me the following day and said that because of the conversation the night before, they were reevaluating their their investment thesis in one of our key things, and like to me that was everything. It's not like they hadn't heard about this concept, right? Of course they had, but that two and a half hours together, and the people that were in the room, were able to get them over the line, and that like will fundamentally change our industry. Like that's the type of stuff that is money twenty twenty. Right, those two and a half hours have major impact. That those those moments that happen throughout the conference in different places. Uh, I, I sort of witnessed it myself in different areas, uh, hearing, overhearing, sharing, talking. Uh, so you said you sort of said about things maybe that are not so big, and I want to touch on sort of 
who is here at the conference. So Big Bank, obviously blockchain technology, growing in uh, notoriety and uh, influence. Uh, I think we can say that we've seen that sort of here at the conference, right? More yeah. blockchain conversation. I looked at sessions when there were the DeFi crypto ones, let's say, and there were standing room only rooms. It was people all over. They wanted to talk to the speakers immediately after lots of questions. How do you sort of see that sort of industry, part of the industry, which is growing with influence potentially uh, here at the conference? And how do you think about that uh, as some sort of where it's come from and where it's going? Just your thoughts. So you definitely hit on one of the key things that uh, I've heard the most about just by walking the floor and talking to people. By being at the center of this crazy complex industry, it's our job to make sure that the right conversations are happening throughout the show. And like you said, certainly, certainly the DeFi stuff has been getting a fair amount of attention. Equally, I think there's been a fair amount of conversation around data. And it's, it's one of those things where, again, data is not a new concept, but it went from the financial institutions and everyone else talking, oh, big data, big data, big data. Like, I've been to so many places where you talked about that. It's like, okay, but what are we actually doing with the data? It's like, good data, and I'm not... How are we How are we using it, A, to, like, not only impact people's lives in, in a more positive way, but, like, how can we actually do it to make it a better experience for people? Um, so I'd say there's so many little uh, areas like that. I mean, infrastructure and tech stacks another big thing again not a new concept but the fact that like you were saying if you went in session with DeFi and it was standing room only there was ones that you, you put a little bit of everything out there to see what's going to resonate where back to the heat maps even and that's when I'm going to go back and look and test and see like what what stuck and what didn't and I've been I've been a bit surprised by some of it like because you never know right because DeFi is not a new thing either but who was who was in there? Is it the banks? Is it the fintechs? Like, and that's the type of stuff that we got to go spend time thinking through. One thing I noted was that uh, this is a place to connect. Mm-hmm. There was even leaderboards about who was connecting either the most or had the most meetings, and there was incentives to connect. So not that really you need incentive, I think, but it was kind of a neat uh, addition how you sort of thought about all different little points to try to keep the connections going and further them and incentivize people to make sure uh, to meet. We, we, wanted to, we, we, we wanted to make it easier to connect. We did things to make that, like, you can search for people based off of interest and company and whatever else um, and give them a space to do that. We were really pleasantly surprised. I mean, the number of meetings that and connections that happened in the app was so much stronger than 2019 in Europe, and the same thing has been the case here. Um, one thing, people are people. Like, what is the psychology of people? The, the idea of like games, right? Where you know incentivizing people to win is is an easy way to do it. So, I mean, connections is absolutely crucial. And you know the fact that you're here, you never know who's going to be here. And it's we we wanted to do, and we are going to continue to improve and do whatever we can to make it easier for you to find the people that you want. But then also throw some curveballs in there because you might not know you want to meet that person over there. But based off of you know. The, these all the things like I might say to you actually really this is a person you should meet and you never even thought of them so you and there was a recommended list in there and things like that right. which was yep. you know getting started yeah it's cool and it's going to be and it's going to be really interesting to go back and see 
um, what worked with that, you know? Did yeah. people take it or not? It's so interesting to hear you talk about going back to the data, but it makes so much sense because you were recently appointed to Chief Strategy and Growth Officer. That's your role. So obviously I was thinking how to ask you about what, how do you think about strategy, but clearly one of the huge ways is you look at the data. And, and you let the data dictate sort of how you feel, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think I, I, th- I think we need to, the same way when uh, I was CIO of a bank and you hear about the amount of data that we had, it's like pulling out stuff that's helpful and not helpful. Um, and that's, so data is an important thing. Our data, other people's data. Um, we have, we sit at the heart of so many incredible moments, people, companies how do we make that experience better for everyone and what does that actually look like so yes data is definitely a key part of that strategy so you kicked off the show you came out to introduce everyone to uh the show did you have any butterflies at that moment like what was that feeling just in the moment give people that thought like how did you feel right then coming out on stage looking out at everyone yes um my thought was Let's get it. Let's do it. Um, just the amount of energy and excitement that had been building up in my body, in the floor, you know, just walking. I just felt so freaking excited. Like, this is happening. We're live. Like, let's do it. I love it. I think that probably comes from maybe some of your background in basketball. So you started that first morning, <laughs> you, that first day. You're on a panel. You're moderating. You've got Magic Johnson, legend. He is. It's right, legend. Fantastic conversation, by the way. But the conversation goes to a point where you're talking about one-on-one, right? So i got to ask you, as a former basketball player, who would you like to play one-on-one in a game? LeBron James. LeBron James, 100%. why is that? I think that his natural athletic ability, he has like the perfect body composition to be an athlete in any sport. So I just, it would just be amazing to like experience that firsthand. Um, Love him as a human being. You know, you take, you take people for the good, the bad or whatever else. And I just, I would love to play him. Like that would be, that'd be a dream. There it is. It's on record. It's a dream to play LeBron 101. And he's, he's huge in investing. Mm -hmm. But he's got to be in the future. Yeah. Work on that. The data will get you there. Yes. Right. Okay. Final two. Share a moment from this conference you'll never forget. So many good moments. Um, I would say Danica Patrick, just her vibe. You, you never know what's going to happen. And she had such an incredible energy and incredible vibe about her. And the way that she owned the stage, just, I was very excited about that because we spent a lot of time talking about what that composition would look like because you have the biggest names, but they don't always show up in the ways that you want. Uh, on stage and she she freaking rocked it like I loved that moment it was really exciting having the chief digital officer of Ikea was one of my favorite moments um, getting that over the line was really exciting that's the first thing that comes to mind got it yeah the Danica thing was great I actually was thinking as I listened to that conversation she could easily be the moderator or the host of a, a conversation because it felt like while she wasn't she sort of integrated really nicely as as such, yep. uh, and she was a, a, a 
she had a good story about uh, driving and some NyQuil but we'll, or DayQuil we'll let her yeah. uh, leave that to the people that were in attendance last one uh, it's a show it's focused around tech at Investorly we're sort of a financial education with information source uh, sharing that to empower a community to invest early in themselves so can you share one way sort of how you invested early in yourself and your future that maybe will empower someone who hears this this is going to be a very weird answer but when I think about investing the way that I invested early in myself was knowing that the only way I come from a very small town and a lot of people don't leave uh, and it's a beautiful place so that's partly why but I knew that but I knew that um I knew that the only way that I was going to achieve anything that I I had ambitions for was to push myself out of my comfort zone. So how did I invest in myself is by making myself super uncomfortable con- consistently and getting over those those uh, those moments to do what I do now. I would say the other thing is surrounding myself with people who challenge me early on and every day still because it's easy when you're in an industry and you're in around an environment for an extended period of time that you have, you almost like, you have your own bias, everyone has biases, but you start getting into it. So I always surround myself with people to check and see, does this make sense? Or tell me why this idea is crazy. Tell me why this person shouldn't be doing this. Um, I go outside of industry too. I try to make sure that I have a a broad uh, network so that you know, I'll do concepts like obviously the harder you get into fintech, the more specific some things are. So I'll ask it to someone or I'll talk about it with someone who has like nothing to do with fintech and see how they react. So that's how I do it. It's not weird at all. Okay. Uh, there's no nothing <laughs> weird. I think it's fantastic to hear that. I think anybody can sort of listen to that and, and learn something and take from it. I mean, getting out of your comfort zone. It's good for no matter who you are, anyone doing anything. Can I ask you a question? Of course. What was your favorite moment? My favorite moment? It's hard to pick one, but uh, it's probably the start. The conversation with Magic and the way that Magic talked about uh, investing and sort of the community aspect of everything. And he had an amazing uh, line where they talked about he had run the data, speaking of data, and, and Brad was on stage, right, with him. Uh, and they said Brad's team had come up with this chance to beat Magic in one-on-one. It was like one in 11 million. Or a trillion. Trillion, right? <laughs> and then Magic's immediate response was like, he said he had a, Brad said he had a one in 11 trillion shot. So Magic said, yeah, I'll give you the ball first, and there's your shot. And I thought that was just like incredible because it was just quick and it just sort of set the scene and the stage for the entire conference um, and sort of the vibe and the feeling. And so it just showed you someone like Magic Johnson, a legend, not just on the basketball court, one of the best basketball players ever, but probably more legendary as an investor. So true. And what he does for a community. And so I'm very passionate about community. So I really enjoyed just, he encompassed everything in that moment and it was at the start and that sort of gave me like so much life for the entire show so you want to know a little insider insider basketball um, I do. we as as you would imagine with with a, a someone as a profile as big as magic we had a, a handful of questions that we had discussed we were going to cover we didn't we didn't ask, we didn't talk about almost any of them because he genuinely knows his stuff 
and we just riffed. And that's why, and same with Brad. We, we had this thing that we were going to talk about, and we said, let's just start here and let's see where the conversation goes. I could always go there if I had to. We didn't have to do any of that. And I think that's why, like, none of the, all that stuff, no one knew that was coming. Like, and so that's why, I think that's why it really worked. Yeah, and, that, and that's the why, to me, that's the first thing I think about, because I could tell it was so authentic, and the conversation went wherever and it was obvious and it was clear and that's why it was so genuine when magic said that it like set it everything up yeah thank you for coming by to talk to us at investorly the final day of the conference it's been amazing so congratulations on putting on such a good one when you look at the data and have a chance to sort of analyze it and figure out sort of future moves and, and what's going on with the, the next conference come back and talk to us again awesome thank Thanks. you We hope you enjoyed our full coverage of Money 2020. We plan to attend many more conferences in person and provide insight for our listeners. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter at investorly.substack.com. Investorly. Invest early in yourself.